When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clint Thomas Jefferson, one of history's great wordsmiths, once said, the most valuable of all talents is that of never using two words when one will do. Another famous wordsmith, maybe the greatest of them all, William Shakespeare said, brevity is the soul of wit. In this episode, we celebrate the art of brevity in songs and ask who did it best. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college. So today, with the help of some smart people, we're going to come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the greatest song under two minutes? That's the age-old question. Two minutes is not a long time. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> That's it, man. And it's amazing how much lyric and how much music and how many different sections people can cram in under two minutes. If I didn't even get it until I researched all this. It's like amazing. I can't wait to hear what you're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I can't about. wait to hear what you're going to talk about. Sometimes the best way to communicate a thought or a feeling is to do it succinctly. The shortest song to hit number one is a song called Stay by Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs from 1960. When we talk about a song under two minutes, the first place we have to start is the arrangement of the song, right? Right. Because... How are you going to cram all the things that are necessary to make a pop song a hit right. into under two minutes? And what I found listening to some of these short hit songs is that it's sometimes hard to know which is the verse and which is the chorus. Like this song specifically, Maurice Williams recorded in 1960 with his band, The Zodiacs, right? And this is steady, just a little bit What's so the progression? It, so it's a one, six, four, five progression, that classic rock and roll. Yep. Right? Earth Angel, Earth Angel, will you mind? Or. So a million early rock a and million. roll songs. What makes this song so famously awesome is the falsetto, right? It's the guy doing the falsetto part. <laughs> His name is Henry Gaston. He's known for this high voice. So that's band. not even Maurice that's Williams. That's not even Maurice. Maurice is doing the, the the main vocal, and this guy's singing on top. Now, it's going to start with the chorus. Hey. Just a bit but it's the chorus without the falsetto part as the intro. 
and then it's going to do a verse. Then the falsetto comes in, does repeats the exact same lyric for the chorus. Then it does the middle eight. Back to the chorus, which is just like the intro. Chorus, no falsetto. They pack so much in to a minute and 38 seconds. There's three sections. But only one verse. Song was written by Williams in 1953 when he was 15 years old. He says the words just came to him like a flood. So I don't know if it's going to get any better than that. What do you have? I don't think our listeners will get bored of us talking about the Beatles. I mean, the thing is, no one did the under two minutes better than the Beatles. So, like, if we're going to talk about under two minutes, there's only one real place. I mean, we've talked a lot about their greatness in songwriting, but we haven't really talked about is their greatness at songwriting of short songs. (laughs) Yeah, which is an art form beyond anything. Let's talk about a few of the highlights of their under two minute songs. From Me to You, which was their third single, their first single to reach number one. In the UK? UK number one. Yep. One minute, 56 seconds. Let's break that song down. Yeah. Okay, so it did intro with the harmonica, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, back to the intro, the harmonica intro, that's the bridge, that's the hallmark of the early Beatles. Early Beatles. It was basically they played this, the song twice. Yep. In under two minutes. In under two minutes. Which is impossible. Like, it, yeah. it's so hard to craft that. All right. So, first one for me to you. Second one, I'll Follow the Sun from 1964, one minute and 49 seconds. One of his earliest songs. One day you look to see I've gone, for tomorrow may rain so. I'll follow the sun. Another one of Paul's, I Will. I love this song. It's from 1968, one minute and 45 seconds. Who knows how long I've loved you? You know I love you still. Will I wait alone? Written by Paul in India when the Beatles were studying with the Maharishi, he was apparently jamming with Donovan the Irish singer-songwriter who was also in India studying with Maharishi when the chord structure came to him. And Paul told his biographer, quote, you just occasionally get lucky with a melody and it becomes rather complete. And I think this is one of them, quite a complete tune. I'd say so. I'd say so. Good one. But a complete tune in a minute and 45 seconds. Wow. Another one from that same album, Why Don't We Do It in the Road? Mm-hmm. One minute and 41 seconds. Why don't we do it in the road? Why don't we do it in the road? Not only short in length, but short on lyrics. <laughs> like I Will, this song was written in Rishikesh, India. He wrote it one day after seeing two monkeys 
getting it on right <laughs> outside his cabin. So it's not a metaphor for something. It's just what it is. Again, he told his biographer, isn't it interesting that animals don't have any sense of inhibition? They just do it when the feeling strikes them. Animals are like, I don't care if everyone's looking. This is what I need to do in this moment. <laughs> so he recorded it in October 1968 with just Ringo while John and George were working on other stuff, Glass Onion and Piggies. 50 years after it came out, Jacob Stallworthy, writing in The Independent, called it as good a song inspired by the sight of two monkeys having sex as could ever be. <laughs> I love that. Can we talk for a second about Donovan just being there at the same time? Like, how lucky is that guy just to... And so was Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Wow. Like, because Mia Farrow was there and her sister Prudence, who, of course, was yeah. immortalized by the song Dear Prudence. So there was a bunch of, like, music and film celebrities right. that followed the Maharishi. Huh. Good timing. One final note on Why Don't We Do It in the Road. Just two months before this song came out, another one of Paul's, Hey Jude, was the longest single to top the charts. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. But maybe that's another episode. Wow. The best long song. Yeah. Some more Beatles songs that might require an asterisk, Clint, because they're part of a medley. The B-side of Abbey Road which are distinct songs strung together into a gorgeous suite of songs, including five successive tracks that are under two minutes, huh. beginning with Polythene Pam, a minute and 10 seconds. Into She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. One minute and 57 seconds. One of my favorite Paul yeah. bass lines. Into Golden Slumbers. One minute and 31 seconds. Once there was a way To get back homeward Once there was a way To get back home. Next in the medley comes Carry That Weight, one minute and 36 seconds. There's one more song left in the medley. It's called The End, but even though there's only one lyric, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, the song itself is two minutes and 22 seconds. Doesn't qualify for this conversation. Doesn't, but it's all instrumental. It's all guitar. Like, yeah, it's all guitar and drum solo. But it's a different song on this album, Abbey Road, that takes the prize as the Beatles' shortest song. It's called Her Majesty, and it's 23 seconds long. 
23 seconds. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, someday I'm gonna make a mine, oh yeah. It's just McCartney that plays on it. It was originally planned as part of the medley, but a month after recording it, it was decided that it didn't belong in the medley, which is why the opening sound of the track is the final chord of Mean Mr. Mustard. And the final note is missing, and that's at the beginning of Polythene Pam. Wow, that's cool. 23 seconds. 23 seconds. They're like half songs in a way. But not really, I guess. And it's interesting. Some people, you know, John called those sort of throwaway songs. But I've heard Ringo say the B-side of Abbey Road is like his favorite thing. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, I just saw Paul. Okay. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Because you, me, and Peter Day were supposed to go down to Boston to see Paul McCartney at Fenway Park. I couldn't go, but you guys went. We did go. What was it like? We paid a lot of money for the tickets because there's no need to see him in the cheap seats. Right. And who knows how long we're going to be able to see him. Absolutely one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. By far. First of all, the production was awesome. Fireworks, giant screens so that you felt like you were right next to him. Then the the whole duet with John. So describe that. So first encore, I've got a feeling. So Peter Jackson, when he was making the Get Back documentary, called Paul and said... I can give you just the isolated video and, and vocal, and vocal yeah. of John singing I've Got a Feeling if you want to do a, a duet. And so I think it was Peter Jackson's idea. Wow, that's amazing. It's, it's really moving. He made everybody in Fenway Park feel like he was talking to them. Wow. Because you know so much about anyone who was there, knows their legs, knows all the stories, seen all the movies, seen all the documentaries. Right. And he has it. Bruce Springsteen has it. The ability to make a giant place seem small. Yeah. And he played all the hits. And, and he like, played three hours. Three hours, played almost every instrument, never got on drums. But So you saw him June 7th. He turned 80 on June 18th. Yep. So just 11 days shy of his, his 80th, 80th birthday, birthday. And the entire Fenway Park singing him happy birthday. Wow. It was a really moving experience. During Let It Be, it started to sprinkle like the rain. And it was like the heavens had opened up. It was, and it, But no one, you didn't get wet. It was just like this misty rain. And then it stopped. Wow. It was a magical experience. Really, really magical. I just saw that his, this band that he's touring with, they've been together for 20 years now. Glastonbury was their 500th show wow. together as a band. Way more than the Beatles, right? I mean, I don't know how many shows they played in Hamburg, but yeah. I'd be surprised if they played more than 500 shows, all I, told. All told, yeah, I would be too. He's certainly been with this new band way longer, longer than any other band. Than any other band. And this band is so kick-ass. Yeah. Abe Laboreal Jr. is the best part of the band, the drummer. Yeah. He's singing all those high harmonies, and he's such a showman and... So good. He's like dancing on stage, and it was just really, really good. The only thing that was missing was you. Oh, man. You should have been. I know. All right. Do you have any others, other nominees for the best song under two minutes? I do. I have The Box Tops' The Letter, which came out in 1967, comes in at a whopping 152. 
got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone, I'm a going home. Written by Wayne Carson, eventually covered by Joe Cocker. Right. Joe Cocker made this song famous again. Right. Um, but the Box Tops version was the lead singer this guy, Alex Chilton. Wayne Carson wrote the song, put it on a demo tape, and he gave it to Chips Moman, owner of American Sound Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. And they had this new 16-year-old singer, Alex Chilton. And with no rehearsal, they just showed up at the studio. Basically, this... 16-year-old kid comes in and crushes this vocal with this hodgepodge band. Just a such a great song. And I sang this song in the Newport Sound, which is an a cappella group I was in my sophomore summer of college i moved to newport rhode island and we did like five six shows a day for the whole summer like we'd busk and then we'd go to the a boat and sing on a boat and then we go to a church and sing in a church and then go to this restaurant and sing it was just non-stop singing and this was the closer and i would just blow out my voice because it's like a screamer tune right and it's a minute and 52 seconds long there's one two three four verses two choruses and a tag wow it's incredible that is incredibly um, efficient yeah Another cool thing is they took this sound of an airplane from a sound effects record. The guy in charge of the label is like, you know, you can put out this record, but you got to get rid of that airplane stuff. And the guy's like, it's not coming out unless that airplane's on it. Like held his ground. And it was a hit. It was a hit. Yeah. And then Cocker made it a huge, huge hit. Let's listen to Joe Cocker's version. I mean, Joe Cocker's a legend at taking songs and reinterpreting them. I mean, this is pretty close to the original, but he just does it in his Joe Cocker way that is. That's interesting. That may be a topic for another age-old question. Like, he made a career out of reinterpreting songs and making them... Iconic <laughs> in their own way. Yeah. Now, one thing to notice is that we haven't talked about a song in the past 40 years, 50 years. That's true. Like, these are all, every song we've mentioned is pre 1969. Yeah. I've got a list, sort of rapid fire. Yeah. Elvis All Shook Up, yeah. 1957. One minute and 57 seconds. Okay. Well, bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm like a man on a fuzzy tree. Hit the road, Jack. Ooh. Ray Charles, 1961. Two minutes. Even. Even. Count it. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. What you say? Not fade away. Who? So the Rolling Stones did it in a minute and 48 seconds, 1964. Buddy Holly's version was two minutes and 24 seconds. Yeah. So the Rolling Stones were like, let's get in, let's get out. Yeah. And the dead did it in like 10 minutes. Right. With the crowd singing forever afterwards. Yeah. 
Little Deuce Coop Beach by Boys. Beach Boys. 1963, one minute and 41 seconds. Fifty ninth Street Bridge song, feeling groovy. Oh, one minute forty nine seconds. That's from nineteen sixty six. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Another great Paul Simon song, bookends. One minute eighteen seconds. One minute eighteen seconds. Yeah, that's not even a song. That's like a. It's a great Verse chorus. It, that song makes me weep. It's so like poignant. Wow. Time it was, and what a time it was, it was. A time of innocence, a time of confidences. Long ago it must be. I have a photograph. Preserve your memories. They're all that's left you. And then the last song that I have is 1971, a minute and 47 seconds. Janis Joplin's Mercedes Benz. Huh. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Nothing over 1971. I found a song from probably early 2000s. Yep. It's 2.32, which is not under two minutes. It's not. But do you know the song Out of My Head by Fastball? Oh, I love this song. Oh, my God. It's like the catchiest. And there's a whole guitar solo in there. So if you cut the guitar solo out, the song's like a minute 12. What do you mean to say? Was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind? How could I have ever been so blind? I was waiting for an indication. It was hard to find. Don't Let's talk about the song. Yeah. Because I think this is, this is a great example of a song that I absolutely love, was omnipresent. I would have to think long and hard who is it about who the band is yeah still like you're like who yeah but there's something about the G7 chord it's like I know how to play it it's like it's it's this that's the chord that gets you like I love that chord all right, so we've mentioned a bunch of great songs under two minutes. And mm-hmm. it's just such a fascinating, specific skill and art form. Of the songs we've discussed, what are you prepared to say is the best song under two minutes? I like the letter by the box tops. Of the ones we mentioned. Minus the Beatles ones. I mean, I love all the Beatles ones. It's hard for me to choose one of those. From Me to You has always been deeply in my soul. Love that one. For the sake of conversation, I'm going to also disqualify the Beatles songs. I am going to choose Hit the Road Jack. What you say? It's good. I do have one more quick one to just talk about. Yeah. Because I'm such a huge fan of Tenacious D. Oh. Dio is a song that's under two minutes. Dio has rocked for a long, long time. Now it's time for him to pass the torch. He has songs of 
I learned all about how they got together, how Kyle Gass and Jack Black got together. I'm it's fascinating. They were in so basically they were in an actors theater company. I think it's called the Actors' Gang Theater Company. And they were like kind of enemies because Kyle Gass was the guitar player of the thing, of the group. And Jack Black comes in, he's you know, doing his Jack Black thing. So I think they didn't hit it off right away. But eventually they, they wrote a song together, not a funny song. They wrote a song, like a super cheesy love song about Jack's ex-girlfriend. And then they wrote Tribute, which is one of the greats. I mean, if this you, is not the greatest song. This, this is a tribute. This is a tribute. And it's like Stairway to Heaven esque. It's all A minor. And like, it's such a great concept for a song. Like, we can't remember, we can't remember how it goes, but, but we wrote the greatest song of all time. That's not this one. This is a tribute to that song. <laughs> So good. That was the first funny song they wrote. And then they like honed their craft and they got the HBO seasons, three seasons, and then the rest is history. Clint, we have a segment we like to call Let's Go to the Comments. Let's go to the comments. Andrea wrote on Instagram following episode 20 of The Greatest Singer of All Time, that we should have mentioned Tina Turner. Wait, we didn't mention Tina Turner? <laughs> Whoops. So let's play one of her iconic songs right now in celebration of how great she was. so good episodes 37 and 41 you'll remember clint were dedicated to this phenomena of mondegreens of misheard lyrics we love that we keep getting mondegreens to share with you i have another two mondegreens go <laughs> remember on episode 41 i mentioned that my son wesley had concrete jungle wet dreams tomato yes concrete He has another one. We were driving in the car the other day and so lonely by the police came on. And after a minute or two, he said, oh, and I said, what? He said, I thought they were saying Chipotle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Chipotle. (laughs) Wait, they got to use that. That, I know. That's like our good friend, Emily Voorhees, previous guest on several episodes sent us a screenshot of a tweet from the writer and social media personality, Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle wrote, Oh my God, it's highway to the danger zone, not I went to the danger zone. (laughs) And it's awesome when you hear it that way. It's like, I went to the danger zone. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Let's go to the comments. Thank you. Keep those comments coming. Keep them coming. We love them. Let's call our old buddy Jeff Simons. Yes. If you're a listener to this show, 
You've heard him many times on this podcast, but we haven't talked to him in a long time. Hello? Jeff, you're on the age-old question with me and Clint. Hey, Jeff. Which means it's the best phone call I've gotten all month. How are you, fellas? Jeff, we keep hearing from our listeners, hey, good job on the episode, guys, but we need (laughs) more Jeff Simons. You know what that actually is, is I'm like Kevin Durant. I have like six burner accounts, and I just tweet you to have me back on the show. Jeff, today's question is, what is the greatest song under two minutes? Oh, that's awesome. And I have an immediate answer. It's This Ain't No Picnic by the Minutemen. Whoa. All right. Whoa. 51 seconds from Double Nickels on the Dime. All right. Tell us about the song. Tell us about the Minutemen. The Minutemen are uh, were a punk rock trio from San Pedro, California. I don't know whether they're called the Minutemen because of this, but they uh, songs were about 30 seconds to two minutes long. They had hundreds and hundreds of them in their catalog. But uh, they were one of the great uh, punk band. Punk's a weird name for them. They were certainly a punk rock band, but they were unique in the sense that they didn't use distortion, and all three of them could play their asses off. So they oh. were funky and jazzy, and used weird time signatures. Um, they're an acquired taste. They could not sing a lick. But they're the band that did the Corona song that was the Jackass theme. That's them. Oh. Um, but Double Nervous on the Dime is a 45-song, 82-minute double record that they put out in 1984. Uh, and wow. are in the cult of people that thinks it's one of the best records ever made. This Ain't No Picnic is from Side 3, and it's just two minutes of funky angry um it's like maggie's farm it's like you know i said about having a job that you hate the chorus is this ain't no picnic and and uh, it's got a killer guitar solo the drums are unbelievable mike watts one of the great bass players of all time so right off the top of my head, that's the best song under two minutes. You've written a, a bunch of great songs, one of which is the Little F*** You song. Ah, and yeah. is that under two minutes? You know, it's so funny. I, I actually finally recorded a real version of it that I'm putting out this summer, and it is 71 seconds. Wow. It fits the bill for sure. Can we preview that on this podcast? Yeah, totally. I'll say, yeah, you can have it. It's going to be an age-old question exclusive. Nice. I'll send it to you as soon as this call is over. Does the new recording of it have a one-note solo? Oh, totally. <laughs> this is the ultimate breakup song. It's called The Little F*** You Song. And this is how much disdain he has for the person he's writing it for. He says, now here's a one-note solo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll show you. <laughs> this is my little fuck you song. You're not worth much, so it's not that long. I planned every night to make me feel better. And I sent you a copy and a fuck you letter. And I pulled your picture out of the trash to tear it to pieces and burn it to ash. And I wiped my ass with the poem you wrote. Now it's time for a solo fuck you. Oh, no. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us back on the age-old question. The listeners have missed you <laughs> as of we and hadn't talked no. about the Minutemen. Bye, so Jeff. Bye. 
All right. So I think we did it. I think, you know, to be honest, some weeks we don't actually do it. <laughs> but this week. But this week we did. I do think it. we did. We did. We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll join us next week when we answer another age old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.